I see that you guys are leaning into the Holy Spirit, leaning into the secret place. Who's really enjoying the secret place? Come on, give it up. So good. I feel the energy, man, I tell you. I said to my staff the other day, I said, guys, we've got to become more spiritual. I'm so sorry. I don't see Jesus never being spiritual. He's always spiritual. He's always spiritual. Sometimes we let go so much and say, Lord, we're just not going to be spiritual. We're just going to be like this mm, normal life. And when you do normal life, you get normal life. When you get the flesh, you get the flesh. When you look at the flesh, you get the flesh. When you get the ordinary, you get the ordinary. Well, but we are actually called to be extraordinary. Now, the extraordinary comes when you lean into the Holy Spirit. I'm becoming more spiritual. I'll tell you something. Yes, your pastor is getting more spiritual. Praise Woo! Jesus. And some of you said this is about time. I, I, no, no. I tell you, just to be in the Holy Spirit all the time, and I'm speaking in tongues. I was so encouraged last week. Now we've got a whole bunch of new people here. Remember the shifts? Some people come like once every whatever weeks. And uh, so some of you were not there last week. I talked about the Holy Spirit. I'm teaching about the gifts at the moment. I'm talking about the tongues, right? And I asked anybody who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, have tongues come forward, and not one soul did. And I thought, Jesus, that's amazing. Or oh, one. Okay, one. One did. I thought, how amazing. Everybody speaks in tongues. They're so wonderful. Because it will change your life. It's changing my life. I speak in tongues a lot these days. In my secret place, but also anywhere I go. All the time in the worship. All the time. And you know what happens when you speak in tongues. It says in the Bible, and I'll prove it to you in a second. Paul says everybody should speak in tongues. Everybody is it's for everybody. And of course prophesy, which I'll talk about today. And the whole thing of prophecy. Uh, the tongues are so important because it builds you up, it says. It builds your faith. It stirs you up. You say stuff in secret. Nobody can know. Even your wife or husband doesn't even know what you're saying. Yes. Some secrets after all. Some secrets after all. So it's so wonderful. And that's why tongue is so important. The devil has no clue what you're saying. He says, what's Gideon saying? I don't know. The devils, demons, anybody? Gideon? I don't get him. So wonderful. And I tell you what you do. You actually encourage yourself in the Lord. Not only that, and I'll prove it to you today, you actually encourage yourself into your future, into your destiny, and everything that is good about you and what God wants to take you. That's why it's so important. If you don't speak in tongues, it's for you. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, Pentecost is not for 2,000 years ago. Some people say there's no gifts anymore. Well, there is. I can prophesy you right now. I can speak in tongues right now. What else do you want? I want to heal you. I'll heal you right now. Because the Holy Spirit lives in me. He wants to heal everybody. It's no problem at all. Don't give it to me that those things are dead like 2,000 years ago. And some churches believe that. It's alive right now. And Paul talks about it. He says, stir up. Stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Come on, we've got to stir this up. The reason why the church is so weak, why I have been in some ways so weak, is because we haven't stirred up the Holy Spirit. We haven't stirred up the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love, you know, my mother, my, sorry, my grandmother, Mother Bep. Everybody say Mother Bep. Well done, mother, you know, mother, Bep, as she was Beppy. And uh, what she used to do, she used to have a whole week of training, and it's called The Gifts of the Holy Spirit. I've got the book upstairs. If you want the book, I'll give it to you free. I've got a whole bunch upstairs. She wrote it, and it's in English. That's right, not Dutch. <laughs> I've got some in Dutch, too. If you don't, and then you, need to, then you need to be really into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because then you need the gift of interpretations. And Jesus, I can't speak Dutch, but thank you, Jesus, for you, I can. Oh, even kijken hoe het Nederlands gaan praten. Ik kan helemaal niet verstaan wat ik ga doen nou. Maar ik kan het wel proberen om te kijken wat je nou precies zegt allemaal. Maar ik begrijp er helemaal geen barst van. Weet je wel? En zo, that's Dutch. It's not tongues, by the way. It is tongues, but it's not Dutch, you know. It's like, whatever, you know. Anyway. What did you say? 
Yeah, I know, it's, it's good, isn't it? Guys, I really feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit that is working in the areas of the gifts of the Spirit. I've been looking for quite a while, actually, actually, to be honest with you, quite a few years. But I was waiting for the right time. And right now, the Holy Spirit is stirring around the world, but also in our own hearts. And now it's time that we start releasing and start activating the Holy Spirit in our lives. And mainly it is, well, it's both. Remember I said last week, born to fly. It is both as a dove, the feathers on the right side, you've got nine feathers, uh, a dove when they fly, you know, nine feathers. The one is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's the power ministry to support other people. And the other side is the nine things, are the nine uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit because that's your character and they, they need both. You can't fly with one wing. So it always needs both in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand right now. I'm going to talk about 1 Corinthians 14. May stand up together. Let's say it together very loud as if you really believe the Word of God and because we're passionate about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? First one, here we go. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation, comfort. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself or herself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all, oh, 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 all, all. That's all, y'all. That's everybody. Oh, oh, here we go. Sorry, sorry about the interruption. Just making a point. Oh, here we go. The one who's... No, now five. First five. Now I want you to all to speak in the tongues, but even more... More, 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 more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless... Someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Lord, bless this word in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Amen. So good. So we already talked about tongues. I need to keep going. Tongues, we spoke about the whole thing of tongues, building yourself up, secret language, prayer language. I make sure you do. If you don't do, please come forward after the service because I want you to speak in tongues and have the release of the Holy Spirit in your life. It will change your life from now to forever. It is absolutely powerful, absolutely beautiful, so please do so. Now, I have actually missed the um, announcements. I'm going to do that quickly because otherwise we may miss them later on. I just want to make sure you come to those meetings. Um, no, I just, I just want to make sure because it's important too for a relationship. We're going to have Paul and, and Simon here, are leading the business community. On this Thursday, we're having a business, our first business breakfast of the year. And I invite any of you who love business, business owners, managers, you just love business, come. And of course, the famous worship leader and business owner, Sam Nemo himself, with his beautiful Ziggy, is going to be speaking. So that's going to be absolutely amazing. Also, after the service is newcomers. If you're new to our church, we'd love to meet with you after. as a free snacks and drinks and whatever, 12.30, lunch and whatever. It's all very good. And praise Jesus. And the other one I'll talk about in a minute. Tonight, of course, 6.15. Come on, let's lean in. If you haven't been to a night service, revival, come on, lean in and come tonight. We've got more time. Let's empower. Let's be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anyway, so power is really powerful. So it's a very strong weapon. Tongues is a very, very strong weapon of the Holy Spirit. You've got to activate the tongues. But today I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about the prophetic. Prophetic. He says everybody wants to prophesy. James Gall, a very famous um, 
prophet from America, an author, he said this, for too long the church has been a non-profit organization because of abuse and isolation of the gifts of prophecy. And I said, yeah, you know what I mean, non-profit, you know, not F-I-T, but prophet, P-H-E-T, non-profit organization, and it's, tough, and it's too late. May I add to it, it's not just only the prophetic, it's also all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know. I didn't finish my thing about my mother, my grandmother. My, ma- my grandmother uh, was, was famous in Holland because what she did, she had these weeks of the Holy Spirit uh, activation, and she would have everybody at the end of the week moving in all nine gifts of the Spirit. Healing, power, discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, uh, tongues, um, prophecy, whatever. Because you can. That's just cool. And so we're going to do the same in this church. And I would like all of you to do this. And Now the whole thing of the prophecy, one of the reasons why we haven't done it so much is because there's been a lot of abuse or apparent abuse in the church about prophecy. So people kind of shy away. Also, I think... um, it's been a bit scary for some people to speak out and, and to, to, to start you know, moving out in prophecy because you don't know if you get it right and all this kind of stuff. But Paul is very, very strong that we all should prophesy. And I suggest, and it was wonderful about the Australian prophetic, and this week we had a meeting with the New Zealand prophetic. We just came back from that. It was awesome. And uh, that, that there's a lot of maturity coming to the body of Christ of the prophets. I mean, the office of the prophets. Uh, we don't have all offices. You know that, don't we? We have the fivefold ministry, and one of his prophets, apostle, I'm apostle. I'm also kind of becoming more a prophet, Catherine's a prophet and also apostle, and then you got teachers, uh, evangelists, and um, and pastors. But these are officers; they're the ones who train other people, and it's a little bit different. But everybody can prophesy, and everybody can move in the in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But maturity is needed. Teaching is needed to grow in the prophetic. And that's my talk today, is to grow in the prophetic ministry. And you will love it at the end. I think everybody's going to sign up to Catherine's um, uh, ministry, uh, School of the Prophets, School of the Prophets, which starts this Wednesday at the Punamanawa. So you can only have 20 people. I said, listen, after my talk today, I think you're going to have about 100 or 200 people turn up because everybody would like to know and everybody would like to learn about this whole area in this, in this thing, right? Now, I want to slow down my speaking, but... Can I slow down my speaking? Okay, but then I'm going to finish at 12. Sorry. May deal? Deal. So. Slow down. So one of the main things that we see here in Paul is that we get to get, get, to get our motivation right. He says, first of all, pursue love. And then desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We got to get our motivation right. I tell you, if we start using the power gifts, which they all are, without love, it can be really dangerous. And that's why a lot of pain has happened to a lot of people because people say stuff even outside of love and they say certain things, even Old Testament type prophecies that have really hurt people because for one, they're in the wrong, in the wrong testament, in the wrong covenant, but also there's just an immaturity and it can be really bad. One of the worst ones are the areas, of course, the whole thing of my, my God has told me, prophesied of me that you're gonna, I'm going to marry you. And some of those girls get like five every day. You know, every Sunday, five guys come to the, I, I, God told me I'm going to marry you. I mean, those kind of things is really quite off, you know. And the thing is, though, um, not that it can't happen, but you've got to be really wise in how we use the prophetic in this way. I'll tell you what happened here. Uh, Pro, uh, Corinthians, what we're talking about now, Corinthians 14 is sandwiched between 1 Corinthians 13, which is about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and Corinthians 14 on the other side, uh, which is what we're talking about now about prophecy and, um, 
and tongues. So in the middle of that is, is, is the other one, is uh, love chapter 13, which we use for our marriages, right? I use it almost every time when I marry people. Congratulations. It's the latest ones I married over there. And I uh, think we use that. But the thing is, though, what Paul was doing, just that, you know, it's not just a lovely thing. Let's put all these love things together for the marriages that we're going to do, you know. It's not for that. What he was doing is because they were fighting in Corinth, because they were using all these giftings, but they were comparing to each other. They thought, I'm better than you. I've got more prophecy. I've got more power than you. A more healings than I have. And he said, stop. Stop, guys. If you haven't got love, you've got nothing. Make sure that everything is motivated by love. He says in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, If I speak in tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am a zip. I am nothing. I am nothing. So between those things, he's correcting the church about, hey, guys, the first thing is to pursue love. The main motivation for any gifting or any manifestation of gifting through your life to other people has to be love. And so gifting of... Pro- I took too fast again, sorry. When I get excited, I get fast. So the thing is, though, that all ministry starts by loving people. It starts by loving people. <laughs> If, you're not, if you don't love people, then the gifts are actually quite dangerous. And you are not representing the heart of the Father, the heart of God. And actually, he says you're nothing. So stop it. But he wants to activate love. Oral Roberts, the famous healing evangelist, um, was at his death, deathbed, and he was, had a whole bunch of leaders around, and uh, they wanted to learn from him, have an impartation before he went to be with Jesus, to be hands-on. I would too, you know, it's awesome. Pray for me, please, you know. And then there was a young man, a little upstart, young guy, one of the sons. He said, I want to be prayed for, I want, I want things. And Oral Roberts really wisely said this to this boy. He was 20 years old. He said, son, fall more in love with people and fall more in love with Jesus, and your healing ministry will take care of itself. And I thought, wow, loving Jesus more, loving people more, and all the ministry, including healing or any gifts, will flow through your life. The key to power is not just having, I'm now empowered by the Holy Spirit, a Pentecost thing. It's wonderful, but it's also that we look through love, and that love is always going to be the motivation in our lives. Even Jesus had compassion. He said this, when Jesus landed saw a great crowd, had compassion on them, and healed their sick, Before the healing, he had compassion. Jesus always had compassion for people. And so we are called to have compassion to people. Ministry is always ministering out of the love of Jesus and the love for people. Amen? So wonderful. See, one of the main obstacles that you can see in the area of growing in the prophetic is when you have a word, that God gives you a word for somebody or something, but you have no love. You have to have no love. It's so hard. We need to have love. That was one of the biggest problems the last four years in the COVID whole thing is, is that whole thing. The people spoke truth, but the Bible says truth in love. And what happened was people started to get on their bandwagon. Everybody had a voice now because of the stupid Facebook and TikTok, which is probably gone anyway soon, and any of the other things. And they, they say their thing, and their thing is their truth, and it may be truth for them, whether they're in deception or not, but it's truth for them. The problem was they did it, a lot of them, out of not love. Just being right. Look at me. Catherine and I have been really hurt by this, and a lot of pastors have been really, some have left the ministry over this. 
people saying stuff. And whether you're right or wrong is actually not the issue. The issue is, did you do it out of love? Not, then shut up. <laughs> you're actually nothing. You're actually nothing. I see actually says here, you are nothing. He says here, you are nothing. You are nothing. In humility, sure, talk about it. That's argue stuff. That's fine. But have your attitude right, always preferring the other person in love. Amen? <laughs> oh, this is so good. I love this. Thank you, Jesus. It's getting better. Wait. There's so much more to come. Prophecy is not having just something to say, you know. It's having something worth to say. Something that actually would help other people. Do you have helpful words for people that actually help other people? <laughs> See, when you have a burden for a word, you get a word from God, it goes hand in hand with loving other people. So love has to be preeminent in our lives. All of ministry starts with love. There's no other way. If you want to be in ministry, and all of us are in ministry, then you start with love. It's all about him, and it's all about them, and it has nothing to do with you. It's not about you. It never was about you. It will never be about you. It's never about you. It's just God wants to use you. If you move in love, and if you love people, he will use you. And so, funny that even, even on my journey now, I, I, so, I so want to power gifts, and I know... Oh, I'm so anointed, and I, 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 so, so I'm anointed, but I feel the anointing of God, and I know even through my forefathers and, and the miracles that they, that they moved in, and this, it's unbelievable, my grandfather opened nations, I mean, like, he was like, one time, he was, he told me, he says he was, um, he was in Suriname, and, and, it was, and Suriname is Dutch Guyana, it's a nation, they, they don't have the full gospel, and he told me, Gideon, he said, for a whole week, I was thrown around by demons in a room, like naked, he was completely thrown around in a room, fighting. For him to break open and after that revival hit. And for years they had meetings, 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 meetings. And all stuff. And now they've got so many churches there. All for, because of that time that happens. But to break open stuff. To break open stuff. It's not easy. Not easy. But you've got to lean into the Holy Spirit. Lean into the Holy Spirit. So I know what my heritage is. I said, man, I, I've, I haven't even started. People say, I'm close to 60. I say, well, I'm sorry. I haven't even started yet. So don't even talk about who's, who's next in line yet. Who's going to take over from you? Well, nobody is because I'm not going anywhere. Not right now anyway. You know, Phil, Phil, Phil Pringle just gave over C3 church and he's 70. That's a good age, isn't it? Ozzy? Yeah. Yeah, may, maybe I will. I'm 70. It depends how healthy I am. My, father was, my grandfather was still going, not the local church. He was still going. 82. He was still running around the world. And then he had a head thing and it was gone. What a way to go. On his way. Boom. He'll, he'll, he'll run his race, you know. But there's no retirement. Ozzy, there's no retirement in the kingdom of God. We'll just keep going, right? Come on. Face God door. All the time. <laughs> and so when you love right, when you know how to live life and love Jesus, then you can earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We just talked about tongues already, and now we talk about prophecy for a minute. See, prophecy is really powerful. When you speak in tongues, Oh, I love you, Jesus. That you build up yourself is awesome, but you build up yourself. And we can do it together too. We can just worship Him in time. Wonderful. But the thing is, though, and you say mysteries to God, the good thing about prophecy, and that's why Paul loves it too much, so much, he said, because then you actually reveal the mysteries of God to people. So it's a revelation of the mystery of God to, for people, and then you minister to people. That's why he says it's better than tongues. Unless, he says here, there's an interpretation. So that's going to happen too. We haven't got many of those. So this could be a tongue. Whatever. 
and then suddenly someone said, oh, process the Lord. Blah, 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 blah. We used to have it a lot in, in the previous church. That, that can happen too. You know, that somebody just explains a tongue. You're not just worshiping God. You actually have a tongue for the church, right? You speak a tongue. And some people have done this before. Uh, not as many, but we have. And, and I want to encourage that to happen. And then we're also waiting for the interpretation. Who's got the interpretation? And everybody's waiting, you know. I said, awkward, you know. And then, uh, and then suddenly someone says, yeah, I don't want to speak to the Lord, blah, 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 blah. And that's why it's important to be trained, because that's what Captain do, training, see how we do this kind of stuff together in this way. Amen? So important. So prophesy illuminates the heart of God for people. The problem is that when we have elevate our own individual manifestations um, over corporate edification, that's what he's talking about. He wants the body to be built up. And if we make our own little thing for our mind, little thing with my Jesus, uh, more important than edification, Paul says, I don't want this in the church because I want the church to be built up. I want people to be, church, to be built up in this way. And so the problem was in Corinth that they were actually having all these comparisons and it didn't go very well. Beds of superiority. I speak in tongues more than you. I've got more miracles than you. And he says, I want none of this stuff. And he was teaching this. He was teaching that when God manifests something in me, he wants to edify others through me. So when he manifests something of the Holy Spirit in your life, he wants to, through your life, manifest this to somebody else who needs that word that you've been getting for that other person. Amen? Again, it's not about you. It's about going flowing through you. 1 Corinthians 14, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. It's not only prophecy, all the other ones too. But the thing is, though, try to excel that means be the best at excelling in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the common good, another translation says. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Everybody say help each other. Help each other. The whole point is that we help each other. Your gift is not about you. My preaching gift is not about me or any prophetic gift or any gift of faith I have. It is always to build other people up. At the moment, I'm trying to build you up. That's my gift. Whatever gift you have, it is to build up the church. Whatever gift you have, wherever you are, build up the church. We are to serve other people. And when we get our priority right, then everything flows right. Amen? Amen. So, now some of you are thinking, why have I not seen some stuff? Why is God not using me? Gideon, I want to be on the platform and I want to do this healing ministry. You know, oh, I want to be prophetic like Catherine and stand up front and just prophesy over people like this. The thing is, though, maybe God is at the moment more working in you than he is working through you. Now, I think this actually happening worldwide and surely in our lives and surely in my life. The thing is, though, what's happening, maybe I had this picture last year of this bow and arrow, remember, like, pulled like this, and we're going to go in ministry, and then God's going to shoot this arrow in the ministry, and we're going to have a magic impact, right? But it didn't go. It stayed here. I said, Lord, what's going on? Well, I, was, I was preaching when I got this, this prophetic word. He says, because I'm dealing with the church. I'm, I'm dealing with you here before I deal out here, because you're too, too dangerous, man, out there. If you don't live in love, you don't even know who you, who you are, and all this kind of stuff, it's going to be a mess out there, you know? So he is actually in this season dealing with the church. Asbury and all these revivals, it's all about worship, surrender, repentance, realigning, recalibrating, reestablishing the intimacy with God. That's all what's happening. And you see amazing fruit come out of it, but out of the, all, the, all, all the prophetic words, all the... Um, all the revivals all came out of prayer and intercession and yielding and all this kind of stuff is happening. And that's what's happening right now. So we can have an amazing, it's coming. Remember I had this word the other day, it's coming. 
It really is coming. Jesus is coming. I mean, not second coming. I mean, talk right here, coming into a wave of his presence in New Zealand, all over the world, but also in New Zealand, also Christchurch. There are going to be lines. There'll be so many prophetic words of lines here outside the church. You can't even get in. We've got a piece of, piece of land. Anybody got 20 million? We've got a bigger church. Or oh, have like 50,000 services, if this, but this tires out all the staff, you know. So, you know, but the thing is, though, he is coming, guys. He is coming. He is coming. But the way he's coming is when he's invited, when he is wanted, when there's hunger for him. I love what David just said. I love that, David. He said, we, we bring hunger, hunger to the table. I love that. I love it. He said, we bring hunger to the table. Last week, Sam, last Sunday night, if you are not there, I'm sorry, you missed it. I'm not going to say it to you. No, I will say it. So uh, he said the whole thing, if you're not hungry for God, you're full of yourself. It's amazing how full of ourselves we are. And that's why I go to the secret place and say, Lord, I want to empty myself. There's too much self in me. I want to take up my cross and follow you. I don't want all this stuff in my life. There's way too much Gideon in my life. And I don't want that. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the, in, the, in the flesh, I live in the... Uh, of the Son of God who loves me and gave his life for me. <laughs> Captain knows it better than me, this particular one. Oh, so I love it. So I love it. It's so good, isn't it? Where was I? I don't know where I was anymore now. Oh, hungry, hungry. So what's happening right now in the church, and that's why there's such a call to the secret place. The reason why is because God wants to meet with you face to face. He wants to recalibrate your life. He actually, I put wrote down, he is shifting priorities. Catherine just released the word, you know, last year about shift, also the Australian Prophetic Council. She just released it this week at the Prophetic Council in New Zealand, which was based in Christchurch. And it was a powerful word about shift and sift and lift and so it's happening right now it's in the body of christ so i suggest if we want to see revival because you're going to be the revival because that's the whole thing we're not kind of praying for lord bring a revival no you know you are the revival so when we get revived you have revival that's how it works god always wants revival we're not waiting i waiting for 30 years for revival it's still not coming no it's because you are not revived you should be revived because when you are revived, everybody's going to be revived after you and you do it with hundreds of people and suddenly this water level is going to grow, 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 grow increase. And so you get all the power of the Holy Spirit coming and And that's what's happening right now. So I suggest just lean in. Let's let go. And it's not, it's not hard. You say, Lord, just let go. I just let go. I want to take a moment just now. Lord, we just let go. Lord, life is just over. <laughs> it's too hard anyway. It's too hard by ourselves anyway. Lord, it's completely overrated. Lord, we just lean into you. We take up our cross and follow you, Christ. Lord, we let go of ourself. Ourself. The selfish things, Lord. We want to infuse by your Holy Spirit. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. You know, that, that's, I'm going right now in a secret. I'm, I'm alone here, but I feel myself just going in a secret place for myself. And you probably had the same. That's what happens. You go in a secret place and then you put some worship. Oh, you're so worthy, Lord. Holy, holy, holy. And then an hour you are gone. How, an hour further, you suddenly, oh, I've got to go to work. Serious. But you've had that time with the Holy Spirit. You had this time, and things are realigning in your life. You don't even know what's happening because God is doing stuff in your life. It's just so beautiful. I'm almost done. No, I'm lying. I'm not done. I told you 12 o'clock. See, even Jesus, you know, he needed the process. 
There's nothing about his time before he was 30 years old. God was working in him. The first thing you hear and know is that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor of both God and men. And we see this in scripture in um, Luke 2. He was preparing for his public ministry. If you want to be prepared for public ministry, you make sure you go into the secret place and you ask the Holy Spirit to prepare you for ministry and to prepare your heart for ministry and be face-to-face with Jesus and let him mold your heart in preparation. And just be faithful. Be faithful. So I want a healing ministry. Great. Well, there's lots of people sick everywhere. Go pray for them on the street, in your, in your workplace, wherever. Go pray for them. I want a prophetic ministry. I want to travel with you to Australia, to the Australian Pacific, and I want to pray and prophetic. Great. You know how you learn to do this? It's just start encouraging people. I was so blessed by Gus. He told me yesterday that at Ara, he's a teacher at Ara in business, and he told me that he actually, every time a person has a, uh, a, an, um, a birthday, he, makes a, he, he writes a letter to them, but then he prays over them because he wants to be prophetic. So, he, of course, he said, puts it in a language that is not like, you know, that they can kind of receive. You know, it's kind of Babylonian, as uh, Dave, uh, Dave um, Belesti would say. You speak in the, in, the, in the language of the people. You don't go crazy. You don't do that, you know. And you talk to the people. So he then prays over people and encourages people on their birthday with a word from the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Little things like that. We can just use the prophetic, but it's all about encouragement anyway. Just start being encouraged. Be the best encourager you can ever be. And you'll see that God will add to you and you get more words and more encouragement. He will show you pictures. And within you know you'll be praying as people say, hey, you're praying all the stuff that, I, that, that is all secret. Nobody knows. I say, I don't know either, you know, but God just tells me. And so you start to flow in the prophetic. It is actually not that difficult, but we have to develop this stuff. So that's why I go to the School of the Prophets. It starts on Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can sign up right there with Joe online. It's in the Tupunamanama. You may have to move it here. Oh, seven weeks in a row, seven weeks in a row. I, I, I honestly would like everybody to do it. Honestly. And if everybody comes, we'll do it here. Oh, good. Okay, this like. See, what does prophesy do? Look at this here. Verse 3. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and comfort. So it's always about building up, encouraging, and comfort. It's always about building up, stirring up, firing up, lifting up people. It's not very difficult. You just got to be a nice guy. I don't want to be a nice guy. Well, you're a Christian. You better be a nice guy. We're meant to follow Jesus. He was a nice guy. So let's just love to offer people in this way. See, the filter that we have for the new covenant, the filter that we prophesy through is three things. Edification, encouragement, and comfort. Edification, or building up, same word, or, or similar word. Uh, and then ed, uh, um, encouraging and, um, and comfort in this way. Now, now leave the directional and the correctional prophecies to the fivefold. To people like me. Office. Don't go crazy like this whole thing of directional, very dangerous. And, and please, I love Americans. Can I please I love Americans. Some of my best friends are Americans. But Americans, and I've talked to the prophetic in Australia, Catherine and I, and to Dave Balestri, they tend to somehow be very patriotic and very nationalistic, and those prophecies kind of are intertwined with their prophecies. So basically, they become a little bit biased. And they say a lot of predictional things. 
Trump will get in. Well, he didn't. You know? Or, or st those kinds of things. And they were never meant to do that. Now, some people can, and some people have that, but you've got to be really careful because a lot of nation. So watch out which prophets, because I know a lot of people listen to a lot of prophets, and there's a lot of prophets who are not accountable to fivefold. They're not, they're not submitted to the local church. They're not committed to the pastor, and they can say whatever they like. And I tell you right now to watch out for those people. Now, there's some really good ones, like James Gall and Cindy Jacobs and, and, and Catherine Runala and Corey Turner and a whole bunch of them. But please, and if you have a doubt, just ask me, not that I know everybody, but I can ask Catherine, and we can ask Catherine Runala even, uh, who, who is, are these people kosher? Because you've got to really watch out who you're listening to in this way. And it's not only because directional and correctional, but it's also in what kind of spirit they say. Because the Old Testament is like, hey, you're sinful, and I'm going to prophesy, and I'm going to come in judgment. It's old covenant. You stay your fist again the world and people still are still here i still see on on media your fist against the world you red bags come into alignment so i prophesy in jesus name you know the thing is though it doesn't work it is the wrong you can't fall fire from heaven you know some people say fire from no don't do that it won't come anyway, but the thing is, it won't happen because it's the wrong thing you're into right now. It's not about judgment in this way. I'll tell you something. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this, For God was in Christ reconciling, reconciling the whole world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against him. What? Oh, what, what? Yeah, well, judgment. Well, where? I don't see any judgment. He's not counting men's sins against him. And he gave this wonderful message of reconciliation. Hey, this is good news. We actually proclaim good news. When we prophesy, we actually prophesy good news. Amen. God has asked us to minister reconciliation, and he is not counting men's sin. Yeah, but because the homosexual thing came through, that's why it's a curse on the... Nonsense, guys. He is not Counting men's sins and women's sins against them. Why? Why? Thank you, Jesus. Exactly. Jesus paid for the sin of the world. That means all the sin of the world. Now, do people not go to heaven when they're not born again? Absolutely. But you can't say that hey, he's going to judge you because of that, because it's not new covenant. We are in an era of grace. You think it's not fair? No, it's probably not fair for those people. That's what's called grace. It's undeserved favor, you know. And that's the spirit that we come into. And when we pray for people, we come into the opposite spirit. We never judge people. Even as a spirit of lust is somebody say, hey man, I think you're struggling with, you know, you don't say that, hey, I think you have a spirit of lust. And uh, can I please cast it out right now? You don't do this. What you do is you pray, you prophesy the opposite. You prophesy purity. You prophesy what God wants, righteousness in your life. And you pull them into what God already sees in them, but they're struggling with some area in the flesh that they happen to fall into whenever they fell into that whole thing. In the same way, so do that in this way. It's very important. Prophecy is not wrote down. Prophecy is not about identifying the problem, but it is about God's heart for the solution. We are not exposing people. I don't want to go exposing people in this way. God wants to show how faithful he is, how loving he is, how kind he is, and how good he is. And his goodness will lead to repentance. It will lead for a change of heart and a change of focus. Sin has been dealt with. Don't preoccupy you so much with sin all the time. Go with son. Jesus paid for the sin of the world. Don't ask forgiveness. 
Some people still ask forgiveness. I say, I never ask forgiveness. If I ask forgiveness for Jesus, it's like slapping him in the face. You didn't do good enough. Do I say sorry? All the time. Do I repent? All the time. Do I confess my wrongdoing? All the time. But I never ask forgiveness. Why? For one, it's not in the Bible. And two, he already paid for my sin. And if I say this, they say, well, it's not good enough, Gideon. Because that means that he holds something against you. If you ask forgiveness, he holds something against you. And he's not. Even if you're a red bag. And that's called grace. It's amazing. But don't abuse it. Don't be dumb. Because there's discipline too in the house of God. And there's also a movement right now of holiness. Divine order and discipline and radical obedience. Same time. It's good stuff. I'm almost done. Five minutes. I told you 12 o'clock. It's, just, it's getting better. It's still, it's still getting better, guys. Wait, wait, wait for it. Catherine, don't. You're talking, you kind of like, hello. Okay, here we go, here we go. Get, get this. this, this is very important, guys. This is very important. God views everything in your life in its completed form. God sees you in your life in its completed form where you were always made for. Two things. One is identity. He's dealt with your identity in the sense of sinfulness. We just talked about the righteousness. Before the foundation of the world, it says in Ephesians, Jesus chose us to be holy and righteous in his sight. So that's done. We're righteous, holy, can never be more holy. You're innocent forever. Can never be more innocent. You're innocent, whatever you do, even if you kick the cat, which I almost did the other day. I chased the cat. He was so, I was standing here like this, and the cat just jumped on me. And I was like, you little... But it was too fast for me. But even that anger, but even that anger. You think God's holding that against me? I'm so sorry. It's on the cross. It's on the cross. Everything is about to happen still in the matter. Everything. It's on the cross. But I tell you your destiny. God sees you in your completed form. You need to hear this. This is very important because this will help you with some of the addiction you have in life, the way you look at yourself in your life. God sees you as a completed form. He sees you with a destiny, a picture of that's what Jared is going to be. Jared is going to be that person. And I'll do everything I can in my angels, in my power, in my church to... To help him to become the best him and to, to, to his destiny and everything that he's called to be. So you already start with the finished picture. Guys, you got to get this. You start with a finished picture in your identity and what God wants over you. And then your whole lifetime, he, the Father, is then drawing you more and more. And you get obedient. Yeah, no, no, come back here. I go, no, 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 come back here. And it goes to the, the picture of you. Prophecy is always a revelation of a person's destiny. And then you say, hey, there's something about this. Now, I'm going to speak this over you because this will help you in your destiny. Well, this will change your life. This will change your life. So he pulls stuff from the future into your life right now. Remember? It says in Romans, what is it again? 4.17. He does stuff what is not as if it was. So he pulls you into now, what is going to happen into now. But what he also does, he takes the now and propels you into the future. He does both at the same time. 
And that's the prophetic. The prophetic calls these things but are not as if they were. And that's why when you pray somebody and somebody gets a little word, you say, I don't see it over their life. Still a rapper. I know this people. I know the guy. Really? All this stuff prophesied? Yes, because God is saying, yes, you are like this right now, but I've got a vision for your life, and He's pulling you into what He wants for your life. That is prophetic ministry, and that's why Jesus and Paul think it's so important and the best thing in the church, because He wants all of us to grow into maturity, all of us to grow into the fullness of Christ, in the full stature of the Holy Spirit, which we see in Ephesians 4. This is exciting stuff, guys. And this is our mission in the world, should you choose to accept in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm done. Prophecy, I got so, so much. I, 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 want, I, do, I want to do part two. I got so much more to say, but I can't do it today. The thing is, though, and um, prophecy is a spirit inspired word revealing God's heart, mind, and intention for people. I love this line. Prophecy is God going public. With his thoughts, his mind, his desires for people's lives. He's going public. And that's why there should be a holy fear in the whole area of prophecy too. That's why it has to be out of love. It can't just be some kind of a random thing that you thought of, blah, blah, blah. It's got to be motivated by the love of God. It's got to come from God's love. And then by God's love and by your love is to give to other people the revelation of what God wants to take them. So, Father, we thank you for the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you're so beautiful. You're so powerful. You're so glorious. And, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would activate your church in the prophetic, that we would not be a non-profit church organization any longer, but we would be a full prophet church in Jesus' name, that all of us would walk in the tongues of the Holy Spirit and would move into the, the other gifts of the Holy Spirit like prophecy, and also discerning of spirits, the word of knowledge, the power to heal, all nine of them. Father, I pray, we pray that you will stir your church into the fullness of Christ. I also pray, Lord, that you stir the fivefold because they are meant to train the people like Catherine is doing on Wednesday in this area. So also, Lord, raise up the fivefold, the prophets and the teachers and the apostles and the, and the pastors and the evangelists, Lord, to train the body of Christ that we can grow, like Ephesians 4 says, into the full of the house of the glory of God of Jesus and then we can be such an amazing light to the world and Lord then you will see miracles untold things that we've never seen before and revival will be here because as you, as you revive us you revive other people so come Holy Spirit and have your way have your way in our lives Lord we surrender we surrender to you Lord everything and we ask your Holy Spirit to empower us by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name.